Good evening, everybody. It's got quiet again, so that means it's time to go. Tonight we will have uh, one song, and then David will have announcements. We'll have three... That just seems like it's too close. We'll have three more songs, and then Chris will have our devotional. Our first song tonight is number 898, Unto Thee, O Lord. 898. Unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. Unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. O my God, I trust in thee. Let me not be ashamed, let not my enemies try. Good evening, church family. A couple of announcements before we have our devotional. As a reminder, that starting this Sunday at 9.30, we'll ha- start having our Bible classes. So I do encourage everybody to come to those. Um, also, Young at Heart will start back June 15th. There's a sign-up sheet on the four-year board. If you're wanting to go to Young at Heart, we are planning on going to Big Boy. Updates on our prayer list. Kevin Harvey is recovering from his recent surgery, so remember to continue to keep Kevin Harvey in your prayers. Also, remember to continue to keep um, Vicki Chapman as Jerry's employee in your prayers as well. Uh, she still has COVID. She's, is she still at St. Mary's? She's at home right now recovering from COVID, so remember Vicki. Yvonne Cornell is at Heritage Care Center on Veteran Moral Boulevard. Yvonne is undergoing physical therapy for knee replacement. She's doing well at this time, and she would love some visitors, some cards of encouragement. I know she would love that. 
Um, also, Jennifer Ward is having partial knee replacement surgery tomorrow in Columbus. So remember to keep Jennifer Ward in your prayers as well. She's there now. Continue to pray for Kristen Ward, Rusty Leap, Carol Galloway, Donna Henning, Trey Davis, Eugene Stover, and many others that are mentioned on our prayer list. That's all the announcements I have. Chris will have her devotional, and Gary Leap will have our closing prayer. As time, let's go to God in prayer. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much for blessing us with this day, this day that we can come to learn more about your word, to be able to apply it to our everyday lives, Lord. We're thankful for the freedoms we have that we can do that, Lord. And Lord, continue to be with our country, be with our leaders, and the decisions they make, that, that our leaders will look to you first for, for guidance in their decisions, Lord. Lord, continue to be with our elders here at Rome. Be with them and watch over them, and, and Lord, let us be an encouragement to them, as we know that their job is not easy, Lord, and uh, that continue to be with them and let them follow your word always. Lord, continue to be with our sick, be with the doctors and family members who are taking care of them, watch over them. Lord, we ask you to also, this time, be with our widows and our shut-ins, Lord, that uh, that we'll be encouragement to them and, and we'll check on them and let them know that we are thinking of them, Lord, and, and that we are a church family and that we do miss them and love them, Lord. And Lord, we ask you, ask you to watch our youth, God, and direct them. Be with all our youth that are traveling at this time and the family members who are traveling. Let them get to their destination safely, Lord. And Lord, continue to be with us the rest of this week. Let us be a light a shining light within our community, Lord, that others will see you in us, Lord, that we can reach them and that you will plant a seed in their life, that they will turn to you. Forgive us, Lord, when we do fall short, Lord. In Jesus Christ's name we do pray. Amen. Next song is number 883. 883, seek ye first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you, singing on.
Our next song is number 839. 839. When all of God's singers get home. What a song of delight in that city so bright will be marked in these heavens fair enough. How the rest will raise happy songs in his praise when all God's singers get home. When all God's singers get home. Whenever a sorrow will come, there'll be no Our last song for the lesson is on the overhead only. It's How Great Is Our God. If you would, let's stand for the song, please. How Great Is Our God. The splendor of a king Seated. 
Our Song of Invitation is number 538, Prepare to Meet Thy God. It's kind of nice to walk in and not see those X's on the pews anymore, isn't it? It's nice to be able to sing without the mask. That's oh, lovely. And starting back Sunday, we get to resume our Sunday morning Bible classes. So this is feeling like normal. So that's good news. Turn to Psalm chapter 110. Psalm 110. You ever tried to use something in a way that it was not meant to be used? Let me give you an example. When I was a kid, I opened up the fridge and I've got a bowl of cereal waiting on me. And as I opened up the fridge, I didn't see any milk. And so I've got a problem. What liquid can I put in my cereal that will make it digestible? And I thought, well, what's the difference? So I poured some water in there. There's a difference. You can't eat milk or you can't eat cereal with water. It just doesn't work. That's not what it was intended to do. Today in Psalm 110, we're coming up against a city that is not being used for its intended purposes. And it is maybe the city you're thinking of. It's Jerusalem, but it's not the right time period that you're probably thinking of. Because this is before it came into Israelite hands. Psalm 110, you'll probably recognize this first verse. It's quoted over 30 times in the New Testament. It's directly quoted seven times, and and there's allusions to it an astounding 23 more times in the New Testament. In fact, it is the most quoted Old Testament reference in the New Testament. So there's quite a bit that's special about this psalm. And we'll talk Sunday morning about Psalm 110, verse 1. Uh, in the bulletin and, and maybe a little bit in the lesson. So I wanted to focus on Psalm 110, verse 2. But let's pick up in verse 1. The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. The Lord sends forth from Zion your mighty scepter. Rule in the midst of your enemies. Now, this is, like I said, this psalm is really incredible and it deserves... Uh, your consideration for each and every verse. Um, but for lack of time tonight, we're just going to focus on, on verse 2. And like I said, we'll focus on verse 1 in our bulletin article this, this Sunday morning. But verse 2, notice that he says, Send forth from where? From Zion. Zion's another word for Jerusalem. But it's this, this psalm was penned by King David. Meaning that this is before the Israelites have taken control of Jerusalem. Let me, let me read through the rest of the psalm and we'll shore up that thought. Because David moves his capital city to Jerusalem uh, during his lifetime. And it continues in Israelite territory for a good while Uh, But here's why I think that. Read through the rest of the psalm, verse 3. He says, Your people will offer themselves freely on the day of your power in holy garments. From the womb of the morning, the dew of your youth will be yours. The Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Now, do you remember Melchizedek? Because he's kind of an interesting Old Testament character. And he plays into what I think David's trying to tell us, at least a point that we can derive from this psalm uh, that David's trying to get across to us here in in verses 2 through 4. Do you remember Melchizedek? 
He is king of Salem, which is, in his time, another name for Jerusalem. He's also a priest. He's priest of the Most High God. Do you remember his story? He's kind of an incredible character. And the book of Hebrews talks a little bit about Melchizedek, too. But when he intersects into the, the story in the Old Testament, he does so like this. He is a king that Abraham meets as he's on his way back to his land in Canaanite territory after having freed Lot, his nephew Lot, and his family and all the goods that the raiding party had taken from the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah. Abraham has freed all those, all those things and all those people, and he's on his way back to his own land when he meets Melchizedek and uh, one of the, the king of Sodom. The king of Sodom wants all of his stuff back, of course. Well, he says, you can have all the stuff, but Abraham says, I don't want anything that's yours, lest you say that, that, uh, that you made Abraham wealthy. Different lesson for a different day, but there's a powerful point there too. But the mediator between these two monarchs is what we really want to focus on today. Melchizedek stands in the middle of these two guys, and he brokers a deal, I suppose. Well, what's so interesting about him is his name. What's it mean? Do you know? Hold your finger in Psalm 110 and flip over to Hebrews chapter 7. Hebrews chapter 7. Remember I said the letter to the Hebrews talks a little bit about Melchizedek. And the Hebrew writer actually gives us a definition for this guy's name and a definition for his city. Listen to what he says. Hebrews chapter 7 verses 1 and 2. For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him. And to him Abraham apportioned a tenth part of everything. He is first, by translation of his name, listen to this, he's king of righteousness. That's what Melchizedek means, king of righteousness. And then he is also king of Salem, that is king of peace. So Salem means king of peace. Melchizedek means king of righteousness. So there is, even in antiquity, a, a focus of God on Jerusalem for it to be holy. He, he wants, even in antiquity, before it comes into Israelite hands, he wants this city to be, to be righteous. I don't know why. I don't know if I, can, if I can know why, but it seems to me that he wants it to, to be righteous. Flip back over to Joshua chapter 10. Joshua chapter 10. Let's meet one more ruler of this city. Fast forward a couple hundred years. Abraham has died by this point. Moses has died by this point. And Joshua has taken control uh, over Israel. And they are going into the promised land finally now to, to take over. Joshua is going to meet a king. He's going to meet this king of Jerusalem. And I want you to listen to his name. Joshua chapter 10 verse 1. As soon as Adonai Zedek, 
king of Jerusalem, heard how Joshua had captured Ai and had devoted it to destruction, doing to Ai and its king as he had done to Jericho and its king, and how the inhabitants of Gibeon had made peace with Israel and were among them. This is the, this is the Gibeon story where God makes the, the sun stand still. This is that story. But go back and look at those first couple words there in, in chapter 10, verse 1, and notice this king's name, Adonai Zedek. Do you know Adonai? Because it's the, it's the word that you find back here in Psalm 110, verse 1. The first Lord, we talk about this in the bulletin article on Sunday, the first Lord is Yahweh. So Yahweh, God's personal name, Yahweh says to my Adonai, Master, Sovereign. It's, it's a term that's usually reserved for deity, but here it is given to this guy. Uh, it's a title, Lord. And Zedek, you probably recognize from Melchizedek. It's the same word there, isn't it? Zedek. So he's saying, Lord of righteousness. The king of Jerusalem has this name, this title, Lord of righteousness. Remember Melchizedek, king of righteousness. It's a title. So for whatever reason, God is, has wanted this this city apparently to be holy in the Old Testament. Doesn't mean anything today, obviously, but in the Old Testament he had some some emphasis on this on this city. And has appointed Melchizedek to take care of it and to grow up people who could continue the righteousness there. And even by Joshua's day, there's a king there who is titled Lord of Righteousness. He doesn't have the character that Melchizedek had. He's not actually righteous, but he has the title. And so I think that is important when we come back to Psalm 110 and we look in verse 2. The Lord sends forth from Zion. It's going from Zion. And so from Jerusalem, this mighty scepter, the scepter of righteousness, of rule of God's people, and it's going to rule, he, this king is going to rule in the midst of your enemies. Obviously, this is a messianic psalm, right? This is a psalm about the Messiah. Jesus is going to talk about that. Uh, it's going to be what we focus on in Mark 12 as we close out Mark 12 Sunday. And so Jesus is going to talk an awful lot about this psalm. And I wanted to give you a little bit of history about, about some of the things that are going on in this incredible psalm. But as I was thinking about this idea of Melchizedek and uh, Adonai Zedek and, and this this desire for righteousness in this place. I thought he's, he's done something similar in our own time, in our own age, hasn't he? he he's, he's founded a place where we are supposed to be holy, where righteousness is taught, where it's supposed to be easy, isn't it? And it's not just the church. What I'm talking about is, is our homes, Inside of our Christian homes is the place that God has put all of his hope for raising up the next generation of people who will, like Melchizedek had hoped, bring in the next generation of righteousness. And so it's incumbent upon us uh, as parents, as grandparents, as aunts and uncles and all the people that surround the family to work in that fashion, to be the person that God would have us to be, the personal devotion that's necessary so that when our children look at our lives, they'll see 
the real deal. You won't see a bad copy like Adonai Zedek was. You won't just have the title of righteousness. You'll actually be righteous. But it also goes for us as married couples, doesn't it? Because marriage is one of the institutions where God has given us to help us maintain our holiness, right? We push each other to greater depths and greater lengths of spirituality. We, we, we push each other to get each other to heaven, to be more and more like Jesus. And so maybe tonight you're thinking that you want to make things right with him, but you don't know how. Well, baptism is the first step. It's what washes you from your sins and makes you right with him, reconciling you back to him, making you friends with him again, giving you righteousness. Not your own righteousness, but Jesus's. Maybe you've already made that decision tonight, and you just need the prayers of this congregation to be who God would have you to be. Won't you come tonight as we stand and sing? with me. Father in heaven, we uh, come to you thanking you for this time that we're able to uh, gather here this evening and, and Father, be able to, to gather here together and sing songs of praises to you and, and Father, and have a devotional and, and, and be able to go to our classes. Father, we pray that you'll be with us, continue to bless us, and, and Father, as uh, we're able to get back to, to being uh, normal right now as close as we can we pray that you'll watch over us and we pray father that you'll be with each of us and and as we try to uh to work on our attendance father and, and to get people coming back we pray that you'll help us to do and say the right things and father we know that it's been a tough tough year we just pray that that you'll be with us and and the decisions that we make Father, we do pray for those who were mentioned here this evening. We pray, Father, you'll continue to be with Kevin Harvey. And, and 
be with uh, Yvonne, Father, that uh, she can continue to get better and be with Jennifer Ward as uh, she's about to have some surgery. We pray, Father, that that will go well. And, and Father, be with us as, as we go to our classes this evening. And we're thankful, Father, for our teachers, and we pray that you'll be with them. And Father, we pray for the uh, family of Heath Smith at, at his sudden passing. We pray that you'll bless and, and comfort them, Father, in a way that only you can. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 